Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Kendall. How are you today? I'm wonderful, as almost usual. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm so happy because uh, we're on episode 33, mm-hmm. which for you <clears throat> numerology folk, it's a good number, right? It's a good number. Yeah. What, well, is it, what does it all for mean? For lots of different reasons. <laughs> well, we're on episode 33, and um, today's going to be such a good show because we have our friend Mary Clements mm-hmm. from Opportunities for Transformation is coming on the show and she is a coach like no other. Mm-hmm. She is a Reiki master teacher. Did I say the word right? You did. <laughs> Yay. Um, and we're going to have a big conversation today about self-compassion. We're going to be talking about um, self-acceptance. We're going to be talking about the spiritualized ego. Um, and I really don't know what all we'll be talking about, but I have a feeling that an hour is not going to be long enough. It never is. It never is. I'm sure there'll be multiple shows. Exactly. So we will talk a little bit more about Mary in a second. So um, for anybody listening to Spiritual Charlotte, we just want to say that we welcome you to the show. This is a space where we get to talk about spiritual topics related to healing, related across faith worldviews, um, because we don't want anybody isolated in their homes thinking that nobody's thinking or talking about spirituality and concepts that people just sometimes can't find community around. So that's what we're up to on the show. Um, And in addition to that, I guess we should tell our listeners what you and I have been up to because... um, it's kind of amazing what we're doing, and I'm it's, I'm always surprised when I make it through some of the days. Right <laughs> some days I'm so overjoyed I can barely be in my skin. Other mm-hmm. days I am so exhausted I can barely be mm-hmm. in my skin. Well, what did we say just a little while ago? It was like birthing a baby, what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, bringing new life into the world, which we'll explain and share. But the contractions can be a little painful in the process, and they can be energy depleting, and they can be overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's a beautiful thing that's happening. Oh, and, and that's can, what gets us through the process, right? Exactly. They can be ecstatic. They can be, this is the best thing that's ever happening. They can be, I can't wait to see the baby. They can be all that. So um, let's let's tell everybody what we're up to. So um, you go. You <laughs> You go. <laughs> so we are opening a spiritual center in Mooresville um, called Lighthouse Spiritual Center. And this has been a long-held dream for Kendall and I individually. And then when we met um, and realized we were soul sisters on lots of different levels um, and that we had this shared dream. And so we finally decided to step in fully. And it's pretty intense, but we are very, very excited. This center, we've actually signed a lease and will be open July 1. And it's in Old Town Mooresville. In North Carolina, in case you don't live here, um, which is just north of Charlotte. And so um, this spiritual center is just a personal and spiritual development center for living an undivided life. Mm -hmm. And we have our signature programs. We have um, openings for um, people to come in and collaborate, be speakers, uh, do workshops, do classes. It's a community for all. 
And so um, we're just thrilled about it. So on June 22nd, before we we get Mary into the show, we want to we want to plug this opportunity. July 22nd. That's right. July 22nd. Rewind. Um, July 22nd, six o'clock. We will begin kind of an open house evening. And so, if you are in the industries of of um, self improvement spirituality, mm-hmm. um, faith communities, alternative wellness and healing, mm-hmm. um, from one end of the spectrum to the other. Maybe you're a pastor in a traditional setting. Maybe you are a shaman. Maybe you work in Buddhist culture. Um, whatever. We invite you to come, and from 6 to 7, we'll be talking about um, you know, showing you the space and mm-hmm. talking about what we're up to and what opportunities are there mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. 7 to 7.30, we'll be doing a house blessing. So for all of you who are um, people that are, uh, how do we say it, who are a blessing people, <laughs> uh, we encourage everybody to come and be a part of that circle um, where we may, um, you know, get some music going and get some uh, tools out and just put the juju in the house, mm-hmm. the good juju. And then 7.30 to 8.30, um, we'll have a dessert reception and just a mingling and let everybody be together. And that's open. That and the house blessing is open to all members of the community. Yes. Yeah. Not just not just the members that we originally were talking about for the, you know the front end of that reception. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a good point to make. So um, July twenty second, um, and we will have more information on our website, which launches. Uh, now <laughs> so we'll just let you see it now uh lighthouse spiritual center.com uh you can see us visit us on facebook lighthouse spiritual center um and in addition you know there's always spiritual charlotte.com and the spiritual charlotte facebook page which is just our sister project to the the whole big thing so um that's it i think that's enough about us yeah. right yep okay so let's talk a little bit about um, Mary. First of all, how do you know Mary? I met Mary, how long has it been? Two years ago, maybe? And um, she is the softest, most heart-centered person I know. And um, someone I feel very safe with and have deep connection with. And she really provided heart space and safety for me um, when I was kind of floundering and didn't, you know, didn't have my, um, my own anchorings. And she really helped ground me and support me in um, the spiritual and personal healing journey that I've been on personally. I believe that. I know that that's 100% true. I, I met Mary when we went to Shift Charlotte and... Uh, we had this brief kind of in the middle of Shift Charlotte, um, which has a high buzz activity situation. We had this brief conversation, and she said something that, like, came out of her. When it came out of her, it was like I saw fireworks, and I was like, yes, yes, thank God, somebody said this, somebody's talking about this. <laughs> and and what, that, what that conversation was, was, you know, she, uh, she said, you know, we got into a conversation about kind of the spiritualized ego, which we're going to talk about today, which is um, part of part of that conversation is that somebody would go down the spiritual path and um, and decide that it's a way out of having to do their healing work. And so uh, and without doing the healing work, 
then really you're kind of derailed. And so uh, we just had a conversation about wouldn't it be wonderful to bring some light to that, which we're going to do today. Mm -hmm. Um, And then whenever you visit uh, Mary's pages where she has stuff online, um, opportunitiesfortransformation.com, which we'll talk about later, um, reikiforwellness.org, and also her personal blog, which we're also going to look at, um, you realize that she's talking about self-compassion and self-acceptance and um, very important aspects of the spiritual journey that even a spiritual person forgets. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mary is a, like we said, a Reiki master teacher. Um, she is. She works in hospitals as part of a pilot program where they find alternatives to opiates for pain management. So I hope we get to talk about that today. Um, wisdom, old soul wisdom is probably mm-hmm. a word that I would associate with her. Um, and I think that if you need somebody to walk you through the healing of your past and help you get to this compassionate space where you're looking at the root causes of the suffering, but you're also going through the transformation in a gentle way, this is the coach that you want to have with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so releasing and letting go and moving on. And I would say that she comes by this from experience. So she's going to share a little bit of her path today. Um, kind of through that um, place of, of deciding that maybe, she, you know, she went through some healing, deciding maybe she was a little above and beyond everybody there for a second. And then, oh, wait a minute, I have to do the work. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we can relate to that. Yeah. Well, her her, yeah. her personal work creates a deeper well of compassion that she has for self as well as for others and being able to hold that space for someone else who is who needs that guidance and that support. Yes. So we're going to talk about that today and we're going to talk about how, you know, when sometimes we're caring for others, we just don't really care for us. And so there's patterns that have to be broken down and um, the conversation is just too big. It's just too big. (laughs) So if we have to have three shows, we will have three shows. So um, what I would like to do is just go ahead and bring Mary into the conversation and um, we'll just let this happen organically. And there's kind of an initial question that I have in mind, wanting to know how she's sitting here today. Like, where where did this path sort of start? What were the catalysts? So, let's just bring Mary in and we'll get going. Okay. Good morning. Hi, Good Mary. Morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What an amazing opportunity to sit in authenticity, heartful authenticity. I am just so grateful for the two of you for creating this space. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> I said we would need tissues in the show. Yeah, it's already starting. <laughs> yeah, and I'm positive. I'm positive we will. Yeah. So, Mary, let's. We have so many questions, but I think for the listener, a good place to start is, um, where were you before the spiritual path began? Like, why did you even open this door? I didn't open the door. The door was opened, mm-hmm. and I think, like for all of us who go through this spiritual awakening or this awakening, we're just at a place of exhaustion and nothing is working anymore. And we, and then something just else just opens up. So I was, for most of my life, was living my quote-unquote normal. I didn't know any differently from being a person who was disconnected from their feelings, from their authentic voice, from their own needs. 
I, we all have a personality that's formed in our early years, and I was, and I'm going to use the word program, because I feel like we are like a computer that gets mm-hmm. programmed, or like a sponge that absorbs, children are sponges. Mm-hmm. And so my program was to be a take care of others person. And so I did that really well, take care of, take charge. And so I took care of family members, I was a leader, I was a leader in business, and I thought everything was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was a whole basement filled with stuff that I had stuffed there. <laughs> and until things in the basement began to kind of bubble up, and, and I knew that I wasn't, this wasn't working, my life wasn't working. To be honest, my marriage wasn't working. And I kept trying to make things work and try to figure out and control and figure this out. And then I, things just started to shift. The foundation of my life began to shift. Mm. So I didn't choose it. It just came. And I think that's what happens to most of us. Mm-hmm. We just can't continue on that. The, the t- railroad tracks take a turn. Yes. Hundred percent. I think that we can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what in the early stages of kind of this this journey starting to unfold? What were some of your early inspirations? I mean, did you discover a course? Did you stumble into a meditation thing? Uh, you know, was there something? You know, it was. It's only in looking back that we can see how there really is this beautiful pattern, and there's really, you know, when you have a piece of fabric and you're looking at the underside and everything looks messy, and then you turn it over and you see this gorgeous design. So looking back, I can see that harmonic convergence was probably a critical time for me back in around 1987. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it, but that's when Shakti Gawain's books came to me, and Deepak Chopra was just coming on, and I was fascinated with that. I had no idea why, but it was just drawing me in. And that, and for me, it was a very gentle opening and a gentle beginning and becoming more aware. I think there was a book called Focusing, and I can't remember the author's name, but it had to do with emotions and talking about emotions. Now, this was like a foreign territory to Mm. me, like, oh, you're feeling upset? And yet, it felt so, it was far into my personality, but so true to my soul. And so there was this beginning, and then the angels, the awareness of angels somehow came into my life one night from, who knows where, the mystery. Um, Just to tell you briefly, what happened was... um, my son in high school was out with his friends and I knew there was no designated driver for wherever they were and we were living on Long Island and and I was wor- I was a worrier. My husband's next to me fast asleep and I'm like, where is he? What time is it? I wasn't good with boundaries. I didn't know what, you know, he didn't have a strict curfew and it's like, oh my gosh. And I'm worrying and don't have the awareness now that worrying is praying for what you don't want. And it just came to me, just ask the angels to help and watch over him. Now, I wasn't somebody who was connected with angels before, had an awareness. I wasn't one of those children that would say, oh, I remember looking up at the stars. It's just a very, very difficult and painful childhood. I didn't have any of that. So where that, that, but I, okay, angels, could you please watch over my son? And then I was actually able to fall asleep 
And that was the beginning of this beautiful connection with angels and being able to ask them for help and trust that they could look over and take care of certain things, everything. So that was a little bit about the beginning of my path. And then for energy work, what was that? So I, after being pretty caught up in corporate America and pretty responsible jobs, I needed. A, I actually got fired, and it was a break, and it was a gift from heaven. It was like, thank you, universe. My prison sentence is over here. And I worked in a bookshop that had spiritual and metaphysical books, and I was drawn to those. My first divination set of divination cards was somebody who actually came in and wanted to buy a set. They were angel cards. And he said, do you know anything about these? And I said, no. He said, well, let me open them up and show you how they work. And um, it was just, a, I realize now that I was placed in the perfect place for me to rest and receive. And then we moved to from Long Island to Maryland, and I took a job in an herb shop. Uh, you know, there I was upstairs. They had angels. They had music. They had essential oils. All of that kind of stuff. The herbs were downstairs. And uh, one of my friends there came in one day, and now everything in my life was falling apart, really. Uh, and the take charge, I can figure it out, was not working. Falling apart on every level. And my friend said, "Come take a Reiki class." And I'm like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. And she said, well, just come. So, all right, I'll come. Took my Reiki class. That was nice. Felt nothing. Didn't do anything with it. But it, it did something in me that I was not aware of. Now, remember, I feel like I was pretty much disconnected from me and my life. So not to feel anything was not unusual. A few months later, she comes back for level two Reiki. And my friend goes, come on. I was like, all right. And... I took that, I was like, okay. But in the meanwhile, I met a woman who, the post, the advertisement said something about angels or something metaphysical, but she ended up being um, a director of a program that was about ancient Egyptian healing and ancient Egyptian wisdoms. And this opened me up. I didn't, wouldn't say that I was a healer at that point, but there was something about past life recognition and understanding and soul family and feeling like I knew something that I didn't realize that I knew. And they looked at me and said, you know, you have a gift. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this became my my family for a while and my support. So that's how I got involved in all of this wonderful world of healing and everything involved in that. I uh, am sure that there are people sitting on the other end of the show thinking uh, that 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 is their story, Mm -hmm. very similar, or that they're at the beginnings of something where life is falling apart and maybe one or two of these little things has happened, but they're still kind of shut down in themselves, not not really open yet to emotions or being connected. And, um, and those are the moments that we want to talk about because, like you said, that's the 
that's when you're on the underside of the fabric. You can't see the pattern yet. Mm -hmm. You don't know where this is all going to lead. And what does this make you think about, Debbie? The, um, the being willing to be open for um, those little things that are going to show up in your life and to not discount them. Um, I, I think when we're shut down, we, we, oh, that's, you know, oh, so what an angel came to me. I'm just, I made that up or I was dreaming or I was whatever. But for some reason, you were finally at, an, at a point where spirit said, okay, let's knock on her door again. Maybe she'll hear us this time. So, I mean, to me, that's kind of like an invitation that I would extend to anyone who is, who is on this path to, to be open to those things and to not discount them and to follow them and see where they lead you. Yes. And you know, it, it always has been for most of us very messy at this time Mm -hmm. and you feel quite alone Mm -hmm. and you feel quite disconnected. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that we cannot be here without being connected. Mm -hmm. And even though people write about and talk about, well, you've got your guides, you've got your angels. I'm one of those people that doesn't see, barely honestly senses, unless I, my spirit wants me to sense something. But just to know and remember that we are all divinely guided mm-hmm. and that those pieces do show up. Now, and they show up kind of, I call that grace mm-hmm. and the mystery. Looking back with the idea with the angels, just see how you, I felt so much, I fell asleep. I was able to fall asleep that night, let them take care of it, and then I actually woke up and my son was in his bed, mm-hmm. you know, and... That's kind of my litmus test. Is that, does it feel better? Does it feel good? Yes. Yeah. And go with it. And so, because we're so, we don't get that manual. You have mm-hmm. the truth inside of you. Mm-hmm. You know, does it feel lighter? Does it feel better? Or does it feel heavier? Even if you're a little scared, that's okay. Because scared is also, notice, is mixed in with some excitement that there's something new percolating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to, it's messy. It just is. But there is, this is not the end. This is the beginning. Mm-hmm. And there is support. And we feel alone, but we're not. So somebody will show up and a hand will be extended, whether in the physical or, you know, from the angelic realms or other mm-hmm. ways that you're reached out to. and. Mm-hmm know that it's there just for you because we are loved and we are supported. Mm -hmm. I think you've said two things that are, I just think are so important right there. One is that not everybody's going to see angels and have these heightened senses. Most people are not. What they're going to be looking for is the evidence in their life that something brought them calm or something created a positive outcome. Their child did get home safely. This did work out. I was able to rest. The, what I prayed for came. These types of things. Um, and that is that is grace. It's like grace is working. Grace is working to say, oh, we've got a job for you over here in the herb shop. Or we have a job for you in the bookstore, actually. And you're just open enough to say, okay, I guess I'll, I'll take that. You know, you're just open enough. But I think it takes a long time to unwind the previous paradigm. So if it's, if the previous paradigm was all that stuff is airy-fairy, oh, you just think everything in the world is a sign, don't you? Oh, um, that's hokey. That, how do you know that's real? Um, 
you know, the only thing you can count on is what you can see. And we get those messages in all kinds of different real practical ways. The people in our lives who are practical people, quote unquote, <laughs> seem to set the rules in, some, in certain phases of life. But when you start to go within, into the heart, you find out, oh, maybe, maybe that programming is not the whole story. Right? Maybe that particular programming is not the whole story. And so then <laughs> the job no longer works that you had. And thank God for that. <laughs> you know? And that relationship no longer works. And thank God for that. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's, it's like there's a thing like, guess what? There's a different, there's something else outside of the programming that you were doing for 40, 30, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while to unwind that. Very much, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it takes a while to unwind, and it takes a while to have the seesaw tip when you don't even realize it's tipping into that place of more trusting. Mm-hmm. So it's only now that I can, yeah. that unwinding is happening, continuing to happen in a more, in a deeper way, in the sense that I would say that I was not somebody who trusted outside. I had to take care of everything. I was in charge. And when we got here this morning and we were chatting a little bit, it was like, I trust you. you. You know what you're doing. That's my sense. And it's like, well, that's radical for me to have that come out of my mouth and not have to tell you, say this about me, say this. You know, well, what about that? I mean, I did have a few questions because yeah. the old pattern is still yeah. unraveling. Yeah. So that's where, for me, the yeah. gentleness and the kindness yeah. towards myself to understand how deeply embedded these patterns had to be but that was my purpose, to experience this entanglement and this matrix of disconnect from my authentic knowing and listening to what's being said out there about, you know, set your goals and this is what a successful person is and does and that's woo-woo and, you know, make your list. Yeah. These are the pros, these are the cons. Never mind what feels right inside. Yeah. We're programmed away from that. And so it does mm-hmm. take time. But then mm-hmm. you all of a sudden you realize... Wow, I'm sitting in a different place. Yeah. And instead of telling mm-hmm. yourself, I don't know how to trust, that's not truth. You realize, I do. I am trusting. I am more and mm-hmm. more living in that divine flow and connection with greater awareness. Oh, that's how I breathe. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what is coming up for me is is how you're saying, you know, the, the unwinding is continuous because in times, we're finding this right now, Debbie and I are, in times of high intensity or high stress, you will, you will default to your old patterns. You'll forget everything you've learned on the journey. And there's that opportunity for more healing, right? There's that opportunity. So let's talk about the opportunity because... Um, it doesn't matter how long you've been on the path, there's still that work to do, right? I love what you're bringing up. Yes, no matter how long you've been on the path. So I feel like this is a moment to talk a little bit about how this worked for me. Because I had these this new foundation that I didn't realize was beginning to be put in place that was more about energy work and connecting with my emotions and myself. And then in the early 2000s, I began to have to look at my patterning, my default patterning, those old coping mechanisms that I had that allowed me to survive. The shutdown, the disconnect, the inability to ask for what I really wanted or to speak my truth. 
And that was like, I only wanted to run away from myself once again. Mm -hmm. But my spirit was like, no, we can stay here now. And it was shocking to see the pattern of not having a voice because I'm confident I can run a company, I can do this and that. And behind that was a lot of fear, a lot of shame, a lot of uncertainty that I was carrying from my life. And what I discovered was there was a part of me that was kind of coming in that knew how to simply notice. Mm. To become more present and aware, while part of me wanted to run. I mean, this is all happening at the same time. Part of me wants to run and hide. I, this can't be me. I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, just, 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 can you keep your toes on the ground? <laughs> you know? And so just to notice what's, what's happening, what the pattern is. And the first time is you're reacting. It's like, oh my gosh, this can't be me. I can't believe I'm doing this again. I mean, at this point in our lives, we know so much. We should be beyond this. That's where that (laughs) spiritual ego comes in. Oh my gosh, no, no, no. Oh, well, this is me. Oh, look. And that holy opportunity to do something different in this moment. So the noticing and then allowing things to be as they are, all that mumbo-jumbo messed up, mixed up feeling stuff. Um... And I remember reading Byron Katie's book that's actually on your bookshelf, mm-hmm. Loving What Is? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh gosh, no. <laughs> oh, no. In fact, I even wrote a blog about that. No, loving? I can barely look at myself. I can barely say, oh my gosh, this is me who doesn't have a voice. So, do I have a moment to give you a specific example? Yes, yeah. please. So I was a member of Unity Church at the time, and we were doing a talking circle, a small talking circle, and I was with people that I really felt comfortable and supported and what I thought could be authentic with, who I thought it could be, I could be authentic with. And we're doing our talking, and I noticed that there is a, a large candle holder with a candle on the top that's not lit. And this is a holy gathering. I mean, we're doing beautiful holy work, just speaking our truths and supporting each other in that. And I wanted to light the candle. And I, I didn't, I couldn't get up and light it. I didn't have the courage to ask, could we light the candle? And I, you know, there's a critical voice in my head. There's a part of me, there's all this conflict inside. What do I want to light it? I can't, I don't have my voice. So I think I might've mentioned, well, I probably was too ashamed and I took home this, the experience. And the next time we met the next week, it was like, well, Spirit had another, had a program in mind. So it was in this little voice, excuse me, I, I have a question. Do, do you think we could light a candle here, this candle? And they look at me and very lovingly say, of course, you know, you could just, you could, didn't have to ask, you could light the candle. But I just noticed this pattern of fear and whatever, all that mess. So I got up and I lit the candle. When we meet again, the third, the next week, and there's the candle and the opportunity. And as we sat down, I got up and I just went and lit the candle. And I'm crying now because it was such a moment for me (laughs) to feel their loving support. They actually all looked up, smiled, and clapped for me. (laughs) But I want to just share with you the big mess. I couldn't love it. I wanted to hate it. There was that self-loathing, and yet I couldn't, there was a part of me that had already come into my beingness 
that was, we can be present here to all of this. So you can hold the space. You, there is a part of you that can hold the space for all that you are. And ask and pray for that loving part of you to come in and help support you. Because that's when I moved from noticing to allowing to accepting what was and ultimately I'm still working on the loving. <laughs> but there yeah. is so much more love. There is so much more of, yes, this is present in me. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then if I don't like what it is, if it's an old pattern, it, the universe will give me the opportunity again to see it. And then the next time I can choose something different. And I think this is all that I'm here to do. Just opportunity after opportunity to choose to live more in my heart and to be authentically who I am and to speak my truth and ask for the blue glass. <laughs> Debbie gave me word this morning in a, in a clear glass. And I, without a thought, said, can I have the blue one that's on the shelf? And I thought, you rock, Miri. You would have squashed that down not too long ago. Like, that's not important. Forget about it. Just take the one that she poured for you already. It was already poured. Yeah. So it's the small things that we celebrate. It's the small changes. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love think... You. Love you, too. We <laughs> said we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that when these conversations come up and they act as reminders for everybody in them, right? Because I'm sitting here thinking, wow, it's almost like part of you, as you're speaking, part of a child self in me is listening. And that child self goes, see, I told you you were being hard on me. Do you know what I'm saying? I told you you were being hard on me. Don't you see you don't have to be so hard on me? And that moment of softness, well, that makes me tearful thinking about it, but that moment of softness is often when people tell these stories, they have a hard time speaking their truth and, and having a voice. But there's also those of us, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do guilty on this one, that um, I'm not going to do guilty. That's a horrible word. I'm just going to raise my hand. That use the voice... Mm as an override I'm not going to have a problem with speaking my voice what I'm going to do is I'm going to overpower you with my voice that's going to be my survival mechanism I'm going to overpower you with my will I'm going to overpower you with my efforting and we're not going to get this done unless I overpower you with my ability to get things done so there's those I think on this journey spiritually who would have a hard time lighting the candle or finding permission to light the candle. And there are those who would light 25 candles and not care how that affected you. And both, both are survival patterns. Both are survival patterns. And so as you're speaking, I'm thinking there are people listening who they don't have a hard time with the voice. They have a hard time making space for the other voices, making space for that, that how does it affect you if I light 25 candles? Um, and so I want to honor that as well, right? I want to honor that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I 
have that part of me too. I have a steamroller mm-hmm. in me also. And I love that you mentioned they're both survival patterns. Mm-hmm. And for me, the first step is the reflection and owning mm-hmm. that exactly what you said. Well, I don't have a problem. I know how to do that. Well, look again yeah. and see where is there some piece of vulnerability, some part of you that is feeling tender and vulnerable. Because I love that you named that that also is a, can be a protective pattern right. or a survival mechanism. Of, because I know that one too. I mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to notice the duality that lives in us of, yes. I can take care of that, this is how we're going to do it, <clears throat> and that's actually <clears throat> clearing my therapy because that's coming up mm-hmm. for me to look at, do I need to be that... I can light all tw- I can light all the candles. I can take care of all this. Mm-hmm. That's my survival pattern too. So where mm-hmm. is the middle way? Mm-hmm. Where is the balance of the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. in me? And I have also learned on my spiritual path a really important. My given name is Hetty. It's why my email is Hetty Mary. So Hetty trust me, lived in her head. (laughs) So I can figure this out. So how do I allow that vibration of my true self, my higher self, whatever you call it, my God self, to come in who already is the middle way, who already is the balance? Yeah, it's not out there. It's it's in me. Yeah. And I think oftentimes Mm -hmm. we don't know that we, we we don't sit with it long enough to accept that we are not only the duality we are the multiplicity right Mm -hmm. because it's so uncomfortable like oh i just made a like it's it's thinking i just made a total mess of a situation i steamrolled over here i I wasn't vulnerable on that side i um you know I, i won't even accept the discomfort of the moment and and then we're sitting in the mess even as spiritual people and we just don't even want to we're like, okay, what do I do now? Okay, just you got to move on from it. You know, there is that space right there in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And I think in spiritual community, we see, I, I have often seen, not often, sometimes, seen a teacher from afar, a spiritual person who's working vocationally. And that person will have a very domineering presence. And I will think to myself, that person would be so lovely to learn from, but I don't know that they could get vulnerable enough for them to be my teacher. You know, because it's like, I don't see the work in the person. I don't see the work. I'd see them, I see them still operating from a place that, that for me, I've been trying to, I don't buy into anymore. And when I myself fall in it, I I do, I have to do a self reflection. So I think, um, you know, you can be in a place like, like Shift Charlotte and look across the room and think, wow, that person probably has a beautiful message, but man, they're intense. You know, I wonder mm-hmm. what work they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we can't do the work with ourselves, we can't truly do it in relationship. We don't have the compassion for the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, I think the beauty in, in this is that we each are working on whatever we're working on. And it's only as good as in reflection with, in relationship with someone else. 
if you're in your own sphere and you're not interacting with someone on a non-superficial level, yeah, then then you're not going to bump into those discomforts. You're not going to bump into those bugaboos and those wounds. You, it's not going to happen. And so the tendency can be to stay small, to stay in your own little microcosm because it is safer because then you don't have to face those things. But the beauty in, um, you know, Sally, she might be a really good teacher, but is she doing the work? She's doing work in something else. Right. Possibly. And so she's going to resonate with someone else for that. It's like, you know, the teacher isn't necessarily the teacher for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's different things for each of us to learn in relationship with someone whether it's through a teaching situation or, you know, an interpersonal relationship. I love what you bring up, both of you. Yes, and that's the only way that we can see where our growing edge is, mm-hmm. what the next, in, what the invitation is to look at next. Mm-hmm. What I love is the, the spaciousness of the universe. It gives us, quote-unquote, time mm-hmm. to really, that's the other thing, to be more gentle with yourself if you can't. I'm not ready. I mean, that first time with the candle, yeah. I couldn't do anything. Um, I remember I had a housemate once and I had to I had an issue around something that wasn't getting done. I tell you, it took me three weeks to find my voice to ask for what I wanted. <laughs> but the yeah. universe was so forgiving. So that's that inner voice that says, well, you should, you, you know, mm-hmm. all that inner critic stuff. So the spaciousness and understanding that it is only in relationship, that we are mm-hmm. that we are gifted with the opportunity to look at what we're holding, that we think is our precious cow that is not... I'm a teacher, I'm a leader, I know all this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean I I do that in a way that, you know, doesn't make you feel like you can actually be heard, that there isn't space for you? Oh. Oh. I don't know if I'm ready to look at that. <laughs> yeah. But it is in relationship. Yeah. And that I, what you spoke about, Kendall, with the... This is almost the uh, spiritual bypass, the spiritualized ego, and I... Gosh, that I had that too so strongly. Mm-hmm. I'm reading these. People ask me, "Well, what are you reading these days?" People that love to read books from the library, the fiction books, and I was like, "What are you reading these days?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I didn't want, I didn't say it, but I'm reading all these spiritual books and all these teachers, and that's all that I'm doing, and you know, that higher path." Well, what nonsense! Finally, I took out a book from the library, and I saw, "Oh my gosh, the same lessons are here." Mm-hmm. But it's in the that, fiction book, you mean. In the fiction yeah. book. And it's a defense. Uh-huh. It's a defense. Yeah. But it's hard. It feels good to be that teacher. It, be, it feels good when people look. But I also discovered something else that I... Because I feel like people who are sensitive, and the teachers that we are now, mm-hmm. we're super sensitive. And we're so quick to default to unworthy and criticize ourselves. So, two things I want to say. One is... You can't avoid the work. Eventually, we'll all have to do avoid. We'll all have to do the work that we've been avoiding. But it's so important to notice when you recognize that somebody that everybody else is going, oh my gosh, they're amazing, la 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 la, and then, but you, you feel some kind of a disconnect, and you recognize your intuitive knowing that there's something that's not congruent for you, mm-hmm. right? And that's so beautiful that you know that, mm-hmm. and and to honor that. 
Which, which until what Debbie said, it might not be congruent for me, but right. there's somebody that that is congruent for. Mm -hmm. And yes. that is a beautiful blessing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the self-awareness is, when you start to acknowledge your own needs and desires, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, great, that is wonderful there. And over here, mm -hmm. this is what I need, actually. Mm -hmm. um, Without placing the judgment yeah. on the other. And it all boils down to choice. You know, you were saying... We all have to do the work eventually. We'll do the work eventually if we choose to do the work. We can stay asleep our entire lives. I don't know about that. Do so. I don't know mm -hmm. about that, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm not sure. I think that once your, your path is, and I do believe we have a path, mm -hmm. your path is to do certain things in this life, mm -hmm. I feel like it becomes too painful not to. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there is, I think I'm in charge I've noticed there is this divine time. Um, so mm -hmm. I think for someone, I think for most of the people that are listening, choosing to listen to this show, that are drawn in, we are held and guided mm -hmm. and not choosing certain things becomes much more uncomfortable mm -hmm. than pretending that we're okay. I mean, we're here to help the planet wake up by first waking mm -hmm. up and embodying mm -hmm. who we truly are. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, I see that. And I think that, I love that you say there's a, there is divine timing and also I am an active participant, but there is also divine timing. Mm -hmm. I think that some, that's that grace that you talked mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of brings me to what Debbie said mm -hmm. and what you're saying is our self-improvement is self-improvement and the spiritual journey do they are they do they must they be interrelated must they happen together spiritual journey self-improvement you know language is so important i think that there are so many of us who are looking for to get out of struggle and pain and wouldn't say, you know, I'm on a spiritual journey. Self-improvement, spiritual journey. Ultimately, the improvement piece falls away and the judge falls away and the... I'm not there, so I can't tell you what it feels like to be in the arms of grace and just being moved from that place of everything is, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in, the, I struggle at times. I notice that I judge. I notice that I go to my old patterns. And one th so I don't know, but before I ask you, I want to, no, I want to ask you. So what do you think about self-improvement and spiritual journeys and, yeah, we never think we're enough. We never think we're okay, and that's the biggest cosmic joke. We're perfection. There is nothing that we are doing that is not. I love the um, Sufi saying, the Islamic, the uh, Islam. Uh, um, there is. I don't remember. The, I think la ila il Allah. There is no God but God. Hmm. I. That just right. speaks to my heart so deeply. Everything is holy. Everything is consciousness in all of this divine play. And we are so 
bereft of that nourishment and that water. And what do you do when you find yourself in that mess and you don't know? And it just feels like so overwhelming and I'm seeing that I'm judging and I don't know how to, and I'm looking the pat, watching the pattern. Ask for help. Right. <laughs> God, help me yes. here. Yeah. It is true. We, we do mostly connect with God, although I think it's a beautiful practice that I do embody of connecting with the divine and bringing it into my physical form and on a conscious basis mm -hmm. frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, ask help me here help me and or asking help of a physical person because they're yes. the face of god too so yes yes and mm -hmm. I, of course i mean angels and bodies and and mm -hmm. and guides and uh, mm -hmm. asking that was the other thing that that's caught me lately is the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and what we're not good at what we're this is my growing edge this is my quote unquote fault mm -hmm. so i would always consider myself as I was becoming more aware and and on this healing path of somebody that wasn't transparent. I couldn't speak my truth. I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. And I thought, oh, I need to be more transparent. Oh, I'm so not transparent. And I was like, all right, that's enough. Because <laughs> the truth is, is that I see in my... And so we do this to ourselves. Yeah. We hold ourselves in this box, mm -hmm. these chains, and demoralize and demean ourselves. When I, and I'm just going to speak personally for myself, have done so much work. And somebody said to me a few months ago, oh my gosh, you are so transparent. And it shocked me. And it was like, that was my wake-up call. Do not say that about yourself anymore. Because you are living your old story and mm. bringing it here. And you are not. So look at what we're calling ourselves. And how we're criticizing and judging ourselves and not appreciating how much mm -hmm. amazing amount of work we've done to unravel. Yes. Um, yes. I think that going back to what you said about language is that when we say self-improvement, there can be so many traps in there, right? When we say use those words, there can be so many traps. For the perfectionist, you're actually talking about an addiction cycles, which are what you're basically saying. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. um, Thank you. Yes. Yes, you're talking about an addiction cycle because they see that as self improvement. Well, let me effort this spiritual journey as hard as possible and get it perfect. Mm -hmm. So maybe when we say self improvement and the spiritual journey, in my personal perspective, would be that. I think healing is this is an essential component. Healing and the spiritual journey, I think, go hand in hand. The self-improvement piece to me is one of awareness. Just can you get aware? Can you notice type of thing? And you've said that about 25 times this morning. Mm. If you get aware and notice. Because what you don't know about or acknowledge, you can't you can't do anything with. Mm. So I think that's what I would say about that. I mean, what what do you think, Debbie? Yeah, what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So there is a component of, and speaking from a perfectionist point of view and having walked that path with that, mm -hmm. there was um, an awareness enough to know that something needed to change in my life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was the first place to go, was a self-improvement path. 
And so then it's, you know, lots of reading and lots of gathering information mm-hmm. and it's not trying to take in as much information to um, fix myself. Um, I think that's so common. And yes, yeah, it's what we do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and of course, <clears throat> Debbie, when you just spoke, like you put that label right on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, well, yes. And in, in my, and as a perfectionist and we label, we label, mm-hmm. we label. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody tried to label our children, well, then we're really mad. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. But, but we label ourselves mm-hmm. and live out these old stories and there's no room for us there. There's just no room for us to get. To see the real possibility. Um, to become something new. Yeah, yeah. Or to see. Without that label. Yeah. Or to see the multiplicity. Mm-hmm. Like, guess what? You know, I'm a perfectionist in this way. And I'm also very free and liberal and love and yeah, I have no, no limitations over on that end. And can, why can we not be all these things? But I think it's our way of organizing the world, which is, you know, the unfortunate sometimes aspect of the mind (laughs) and sometimes the fortunate aspect. I want to ask you this. What are the pitfalls? What can be the pitfalls on a spiritualized ego journey or a, or, or a journey of efforting this efforting spirituality? What are the dangers? You know, I'm going to say, start out by saying, I don't think there are pitfalls or dangers. I think that it was a necessary part of my journey to be awakened to a mystical path, to be awakened to all these teachers and ways of understanding some, that there is something more than, well, if you're trying to make a decision, make a list of the pros and cons and decide which, see which list is longer. Yeah. That there, So I think it was, and I think it, it can be for so many of us, this drawing in, we're drawn into this. I love what you said earlier about the perfectionist is, are, it can be an addiction and we can become addicted to it. And in it, it's our, but what are we avoiding? So to just even consider the possibility, oh, I'm avoiding feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm avoid, and this is me speaking. I'm mm-hmm. avoiding feeling in my body what I'm feeling in the present moment. I'd rather read that book, watch that YouTube. I would avoid, um, and I guess this is the pitfall, because this is where I'm sitting now. I'm, I'm loving watching other people, hearing their wisdom, thinking I'm learning something, picking up another book, and my guidance now is get inside your own body, get in alignment with your own wisdom. We really need you to trust yourself more and more. So coming back to respecting what you're saying mm-hmm. about it is a choice and how long you're going to avoid that, <laughs> what's in front of you, that can be the pitfall. But I really see it. It's a holy opportunity, all of this yeah. beautiful wealth of wisdom. And I don't think you can avoid it for too long because I feel like my spirit, I always ask, please just, I don't want a cosmic two by four. So just... <laughs> You know, be as gentle as you can. But the guidance is, don't watch another YouTube with somebody, you know, (laughs) unsubscribe from this teacher because, and I'm doing all that. So I think it's, while we're talking about all this, the energy that is propelling us forward is already guiding us. And we're talking about what actually is already happening. And I think if you reflect on your own lives and the deep awareness that you have and the choices that you make and what you two are doing 
against what makes sense, but because your spirit, you know, and you listen to that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. I mean, uh, uh, what I see is that if, if there is a danger or a pitfall, uh, to me, in that languaging, it's, okay, there'll be more suffering for me because I'll realize after a while, I'm trying to push through all this. I'm trying to push through this and be be this teacher, be this spiritual person. And am I really happy? Do I, do I really feel freed by this? Do I really feel that I'm walking the walk? Am I? But then, as you have said, that pitfall or danger is really the opportunity. Yep. That, that's the opportunity, the re-invitation to stop all the projecting, mm-hmm. to, to let's look back inside again. Mm-hmm. And I think we're invited to that over and over. We're never not invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it never ends. Right, right. <laughs> so what, yeah. if, we, what mm-hmm. if we consider changing our language because when I hear the word danger and pitfall inside my body there's a little bit of trembling and a little bit of shutting Uh, I need to kind of like protect uh oh oh, is this dangerous so I but I love what in your the whole paragraph or a few sentences you said well it's an opportunity so it's not dangerous to follow these other teachers who do have gems of wisdom to awaken something in us um it is they're just opportunities to they're just opportunities for different experiences that will take you. I, I, I watched planes the other day, and the message was, oh, look, the, the pilot doesn't need to fly the plane into the airport. There's a GPS system that's taking, and the pilot knows this. So ego, relax. You know, there's a GPS and system inside all of us that's taking us exactly where we need to go. And if the pilot needs to come on board and go someplace else, you know, it can do some of that. But that mm. GPS, yeah. Oh, choosing to surrender to that awareness. That's hard, isn't it? Mm. Surrendering into that awareness, unraveling, mm. and all the patterns mm. takes yeah. time. It's really hard because you're faced with your own shame. You're, yes. fa- you're embarrassed. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're, you are, um, you know, it's like coming on when we do the podcast. I mean, just put, when we do the podcast, sometimes I'll hear myself ask a question to a guest. And the guest will answer the question. It's happened, I think, five times already in this episode. The guest will answer the question, and I will hear how hard my inner dialogue asks the question. Mm-hmm. I'll hear my hard parenting come in and ask that question harshly. So to use, so for example, I mean, it's, and, and it's not, I mean, this is a vulnerability, but not, but not when I'm not willing to share. So to ask a question, what are the dangers and pitfalls is a direct mirror of where I come from yes. in child self. Yes. And then whenever the teacher who shows up when they need to always in this podcast says, oh, but Kendall, you might not have to ask that that way. The adult self who is a soul self who is freed can go, oh, yeah, I guess I could call it an opportunity. And the the actual experience happens live right here. 
Do you know what I mean? Yes. So what a holy <laughs> gift you give everybody that's listening that you're willing to be that transparent with what happened. Yeah. But for us to see yeah. your process and how it happens that you yeah. are present to all of it. The recognition, mm-hmm. oh, that was from my childhood where I got imprinted. This is how we speak. This is how, and then this is how your inner, be aware of your inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then to receive the invitation Oh, and then to hold it all the way you do, mm. like, oh, and I love somebody once said to me, isn't that fascinating? But just, oh, look, isn't that something? Look how this patterning with the shame that's bubbling up exists. And what a gift you've just given everybody to show how mm. it happens in real life. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. how... There's just love here. There's just yeah. opportunity and love and awareness and willingness. Yeah. And and I think what I think on on the journey what what also happens is you there's an emotion that comes with that, right? Yeah. So you get an emotion of, "Oh, that's really sad that that just happened." Yes. Um you know, that's really sad. And then you get a feeling of if as you evolve, what well, doesn't have to be that sad? Yeah, it's sad, but it doesn't have to be that sad. Love it. So um, so it's a noticing of, okay, you know, be aware so that now you know how to language differently. Now you know, be a little softer, that type of thing. So let me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. What, you are really what I think a pioneer in self-compassion and self-acceptance. I think you... You actually say this. This is a, the bulk of your work has to do with this work. Why would why do you call yourself a pioneer in self compassion and self? Why is that important? So now my shame comes up a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, and yeah. I have that. You know, I think that we all checked off before we came what we wanted to have in our lives, and shame was one of them for me because I'm I, that has been a a big companion. Until I just said, oh, look, shame is here again. So the question about, um, (laughs) and I've digressed, so ask me the question again, please. (laughs) So just that your work is so much about self-compassion. How did I get to be the pioneer? Why do I call myself? Because I saw somebody else who called herself that, and I... it, It is around everywhere now, but I remember when the message came through for me to write as my tagline a, a good ten, nine, ten years ago, um, self-acceptance is the master key. Mm-hmm. And that was self-compassion. And I feel like we healers, sensitives, empaths have a, are super at diminishing ourselves and who do I think I am. And I love Matt Kahn, I'm going to name his name, who said, confidence is the new humility. And I think that was brilliant. So when I saw uh, within the past year or two that somebody actually named herself as a pioneer in self-compassion, it took me a little bit of time, and I thought, I am too. And then there was that little bit of shame and that little bit of voice, who do you think you are? And I thought, let me try. Why not? Why not? So I do feel like I've been doing it for a long time, and I love seeing it all around me now. And 
something simple like that. <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I can't even listen. I'm. I, what 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 talking to you about this reminds me of is a dream that I had my grandmother who passed away come visit me after mm-hmm. she passed several times she came to me in my sleep and one time this is all that happened she sat on a rock near all these waterfalls and I just went and laid my head in her lap I was in my 20s and I said I didn't know it was going to be so hard and she just with all the compassion in the world she just it, she was just there to comfort sometimes that's really all we need is somebody to be that soft because we are so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we come to believe that the world is very hard. Mm-hmm. And so that's, mm-hmm. when you say you're a pioneer in this, I'm saying, yeah, let's not apologize for that anymore, uh, Mary, ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and, and now it's broadcasted. So yes. I have to tell you, there's a little bit, I love the reception. And this is, this is what happens when you're, something needs to come up out of you and you're afraid of how people will respond. And then you've loved yourself enough and accepted yourself enough and gone the whole other way, you know, on that continuum that the world does mirror instead of the, um, harshness, your world really does begin to mirror back from you for you. Yay, I see you, I accept you, you are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. so this this transformation from being one who was kind and caring for everybody else, um, and I'm going to say to a degree because that's a shadow side. There's a shadow to that, women who overgive and who are always there for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And to sit in a place of such deep, so much deeper self-acceptance and self-care. Thank you, universe, for giving me the opportunity <laughs> to embody that in this yeah. lifetime and mm-hmm. to say it is possible. Never give up. On yourself and and know that those harsh voices can be transformed into an angelic cheering team to embody the balance yes yes it is possible we're doing it mm-hmm. yes and I think that the process of becoming the expert in the thing that was previously thought of as an impossibility like in other words um, you know thinking at one point, well, I'm not transparent. I'm not transparent. Or, you know, I just take care of everybody everybody else. Or, And then going through the process of turning that inward and saying, no, I really am that. I am vulnerable. I am transparent. I am compassionate. And embodying that, it is, we get to become the experts in the very thing that was the hardest. Yes. Right? We talked about that on the show before. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, and you never get there. I think people think you get there yeah. at some point. Yeah. No, it just becomes, there's more ease with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There is more ease, and you don't push away anymore. You're able to look at your parenting style that you were so proud of, that you thought was so wonderful, and then you're realizing, oh, I'm seeing the holes in it. I'm seeing the <laughs> shadow side of, you know, of that. And, it is ongoing, but it is it is so much easier, and you just sit in that presence of unconditional love mm-hmm. and compassionate witness. Yes, yes, the compassionate witness, 
and it is possible to go from that mean critical self you know never enough the perfectionist mm-hmm. to I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry own it and I take responsibility and I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm working on it mm-hmm. thank you for helping me thank you for holding the space for me to be so honest that's hard. That was hard. that's hard still sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind of, and, and it makes me want to reverse back, reverse a question we already asked, which is: Is healing essential to the spiritual journey? I would say that if we have no commitment to feeling all the feelings, working on self acceptance, seeing ourselves, doing the healing work. That is kind of is the journey. Yeah, that is part of the spiritual journey. That is that because you can't separate the emotions and everything that you are. Yeah. It's all a whole. It's all one in the same. And so you have to incorporate and integrate all of those things. Yes. That is the oneness that people talk yeah. about. That is the sacred integration. Yeah. And it's within ourselves. It's I mean, not right. the oneness I always notice that things don't come the way they. I think they're going to come, and the way you know the oneness, feeling one with everybody. What I feel one with everybody is like, oh, we all experience the same emotions. Oh, you're like me that way. You know that wow. for me is how I. That's the edge where I'm sitting with the edge of oneness. We, I understand shame. Yeah. Oh, that is like one of the most powerful things anybody's ever said on our show. <laughs> because, yeah, we think of just this one big happy world. Oh, let's, we're all just one. Well, if we can't be in our oneness and and the shame, the pain, the uh, I don't have this figured out, I don't have all the answers, then we can't be in the oneness. That is the oneness. You just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, please write 12, 12 blogs on that subject. <laughs> I know. Listen, Spiritual Charlotte is one of those where you're going to listen back to the show and you're going to be stunned at what comes through you from the divine and how you process it outwards. Can That's I share stunning. something else? Yes. I've been holding that piece for years that awareness that came to me in a group setting when we were doing spiritual work and healing ourselves and awareness and it was just like oh and I think I tried to say it and nobody got it and I've been holding it and so it's just so interesting that nothing is ever lost Mm. and that this was the moment for it to come out and that you could hold the space for that and receive it and say oh there's something to that and even if there wasn't anything for you with that it's still mine I that's how I we all to think that I'm going to really get the tree I mean I love nature Mm -hmm. but the trees don't actually talk to me I talk to them all the time but they don't speak and if I think I'm going to wait my you know that oneness is going to be when the tree talks to me or I don't that's coming back into the present moment that's what you spoke that integration all the pieces all the emotions that um, there's a wonderful teacher um G.P. Walsh. Are we allowed to? Too late. I've already mentioned his name. Yes. But his his language is inner reconciliation. Mm. And I love that language of 
feeling feeling what you're feeling and having permission to feel it or to speak it without an attachment or an expectation that somebody's going to receive it as beautifully as you did and rock my world um, <laughs> by your reception. Um, and just all of that, you know, and you all can't see, you know, just Debbie's just being present here with her eyes and her presence and mm-hmm. and Kendall and but I know you could feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that. I think this is that grace because there, mm-hmm. this is that divine timing, that grace. When somebody said, when you say something that you've held for that long a time, you say it, and another person says, "Please write twelve blogs about it. Please do a workshop on it." Because for all the people that aren't willing to go through healing, healing's the hardest part. I think of the spiritual journey, the hardest part. I don't think there's. That, so mm-hmm. it's the easiest one to avoid. Sure. So for someone 20 years ago to call out in a room, hey, guys, what if the oneness is about us being able to be together and the shame? Well, they couldn't hear it, but guess what? Brene Brown just wrote a bestseller about it. Exactly. So at some point, there's a readiness, mm-hmm. and you come in front of the right people to say, that is the work that I want to do. And if you held that in your heart and never found the forum within your own knowing to say, I'm just going to say this and maybe it'll land somewhere and maybe not, then it'll never land anywhere. That work is important. I mean, that's what, that was what our Shift Charlotte conversation was about, was that we have all these people running around and, and doing the spiritual stuff, but, but are they doing the work? It's hard. You're right. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It's hard to do the work because we're mm-hmm. butting up against our patterns or, mm-hmm. and beneath that is the fear and the childhood quote-unquote trauma and the first part of our human self that meets that pattern is that child that's like no no no, gotta keep it close but we all have that higher self that angel or whatever god Mm -hmm. the i am that i am that to me it's more than the adult self it's because to my adult self is not adult enough. So I like to be the I am that I am, call that in. Because that part, because know that the first part that meets the pattern and the pain is the ch- wounded child. But there is another part that can come in that comes in and ask or work, do the work on that, bringing that in. Because that part of you can, that part holds that and helps you be with it and then move through it and opens the petals to reveal that all that pain that you were holding has that gold, that brilliance that is your gift to the, to yourself and to the world and to others. Mm. It's too beautiful because what you just did was you took it off the responsibility of the child, you took oh. it off the responsibility of the, the adult, and you, you said, mm-hmm. go to the source. Yes. Call on the source. Call on source. That's big enough for this. That's mm-hmm. big enough for this. Well, we've had conversations about how we make God too small. Oh, yeah. We make God too small by trying to (laughs) do it all ourselves. (laughs) But that's the programming here. That's the design here. You think that you're in charge Mm -hmm. because people keep telling you. Mm -hmm. Or that God is so big that he's not going to, he, she is not going to listen to you or is not going to be present for you. Again, it's more disconnection. Disconnection, yeah. Mm -hmm. So is this transformational coaching? Is this what it looks like? (laughs) 
tell us what tell us what that is because that's really what you do and intuitive guidance is a part of that and and I want people to know what that is. I think the most important part in my work is meeting people where they are and finding where you're shaky, where you're wounded, where you, what you're struggling with. What are you struggling with now? And holding the space for you to come to a place of feeling safe enough, either in our first session or in the fifth session, to finally say, this is what's really going on. This is what... And that, either that becomes a revelation through our work or you just know, but you can't say it. But when you can name it, that is the beginning of the unlocking. That when you can name out loud or journal, but it's there's something magical about having a witness that holds the space for you. Mm-hmm. That prison door has already opened, and there is no going back. Mm-hmm. So, my work is about meeting people where they are. That bring your shame, bring your stories, bring your I can't I just all the work I've done, all the spiritual work. I know that there's more the more there's something missing and holding the space to name it recognize it feel through it and then having the giving you tools giving people tools to change the dialogue well consider saying instead of it's a um i can't even remember the words you use because they're already gone dangerous dangerous Consider saying, yeah. oh, this is an opportunity. And a big, so two foundations to my work. One is that inner child work, because we, most of the people that show up with me are sensitives. This world is too much. Um, it's hard. And they've got that little kid inside that put on lots of masks. And that was me. I can do this. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do this. And somebody once asked me the brilliant question, what's behind that? What's your mantra? And my mantra was, I'm fine, I can take care of it. And she said, well, what's behind that? And I felt safe enough to her, with her to say, I'm not fine. And I really don't know how to take care of this. And I really need help. Mm-hmm. And that's freeing. So giving people the tools afterwards to create a different foundation for your life and to create a life. That, so it's the inner child work. But I do... Um, bring in source energy, whatever you call it, God, your higher self, I am that I am. And there is that soul infusion that you ask me about without asking me about it. That is a big part of my energy work that I don't even realize I do until I had to name it, bringing your spirit into your body. Because when your spirit is in your body, there ain't no problems and there ain't nothing that you can't do. Because... (laughs) I am God in a body. And, you know, what's the problem? And so Mm -hmm. more and more of living in that. Now, am I there? (laughs) I'm I'm everything. You know, sometimes I'm too ashamed. And and then in the next moment. But what happens is it all happens. Just what you said. You just move through stuff faster. What would take me weeks is like an hour. Like that. Yeah. You can change your vibration. You can choose. I used to be, people, a lot of people that come to me are overrun by their emotions. And or they don't even realize what they're feeling. But they, anyway, um, I have a choice about what I can feel now. Mm-hmm. That, not all the time, that is radical. My emotions ran me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't not feel 
and now. Sometimes it's there's a gift, like I need to feel this. And sometimes it's like, uh, whose is this? What's going on in the universe? What's on the planet that's making me feel discombobulated? I honestly do usually default to what do I have to look at in me <laughs> when it's not that. And then sometimes it's like, okay, let's think a happy thought. Who can you think about? That's snapping my fingers. Sorry for that noise. Who, but I'll dance around my apartment or I'll think about someone or a situation that really makes me feel good. Usually my grandkids are that unconditional love space or nature can be. And then I've shifted my vibration. Mm-hmm. So I do have that choice now that I never had before. That's transformational. That's transformational coaching. Um, I feel like you've answered so many of the pain points that we all have. They're Mm -hmm. universal. Um, I feel like we have talked about so many, you know, edges of the spectrum. Those, Mm -hmm. Those edges of being out of control with your emotions and thinking this is... This is the way to operate in life. Those places where we're late, we've labeled ourselves into a corner. I mean, we've talked about at least 30 things today <laughs> that I think people are going, raising their hand. That's me. That's me. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want people to see, Mary, from having you on the show is that the spiritual path is a healing path, yes, but there needs to be a lot of gentle gentleness in there and a lot of um you need a pioneer for (laughs) self-compassion you know you really do and um I don't think we can have enough of those in the world I really don't I think that sometimes what people are looking for is just number one somebody to listen to them Mm -hmm. and and hold a space that, that that they may have hundreds of people in their life and not one holds that space not one Talk about a lonely, mm-hmm. isolated, disconnected way of being in the world. So I think you should call yourself a pioneer. I think you should call yourself, uh, let's see, what else? I mean, put it all in there. An energy healer, a transformational um, coach, an intuitive guide, the whole thing, because we, we can't get enough of it. I'm ready to sign up. <laughs> I'm ready to sign up. You know, and... Um, There's just so much more that we could talk about with you. Um, I would like to ask you before we cut out, we've only got, um, we've already done a longer show than we planned, but we've got about 10 minutes. I would like for you to briefly talk about uh, the Holy Fire uh, tradition, the Reiki tradition. Is it called Usi Holy Fire? Asui. Asui. (laughs) Asui Holy Fire. I'd like you to talk about that because you're a master in that. Um, so briefly about that, and we also want people to know how they can find you, and we also want for you to get your last words of wisdom into the listener who has stayed dialed in the whole show because you've said something they needed to hear. So pick a starting place. (laughs) I'm going to start with your last question. I think it's brilliant to have an awareness that there is something that you need to to be doing to be taking care of yourself and what I notice is that many of us begin with um, I'm going to do a yoga class or I'm going to be more mindful of my diet and I think this is this is the beginning of the holy work and the hard part comes when you realize that there's you're at the next level and the next step and 
that, although let me not discount the difficulty we sometimes have about taking time for ourselves, because that is, I forget how hard that was. <laughs> um, when you get to the emotional piece, know that there are resources already available for you in the physical world and in the spiritual world. And that when you are there, it is because it is your time to reclaim the lost parts of yourself, the wounded, the repressed, the disconnected from, and that everything you need will be given to you and that you can do this. And you came here to do this for this next, this is the next part and it's okay. Um, and you're not alone and you're not the first one. <laughs> so, a holy fire, Reiki. Oh, wow. I've taken many different energy healing training in many different modalities. And as I said, the Egyptian piece was so important for me. And the Reiki was something that I kind of gathered them all into and said, I'm an energy healer because more and more people knew about Reiki. I'm hesitating now because I have to tell you honestly, it's like, oh gosh, do I, am I supposed to be saying all of this now, but I'm going to be truthful. And it's not going to resonate with everyone, but this is my truth for me. When I took Reiki and I became, then I, and then it became a part of my life and I started to teach Reiki, most people, when they teach, they ask, the invitation is to connect with Reiki energy. And however the teacher or you know defines that and that was and it's in my notes and I always say to my students please and I gave them a beautiful mantra for connecting with Reiki but that was not my mantra my mantra that came to me was I am a crystal and clear pure vessel for the highest vibrations of love and truth and light to move through me and I would say to my students use that use something else that feels right to you or use the Reiki mantra for connection and in my journey, this concept of there is a higher power that I never understood in the way that I understand it now. There is source. There is I am that I am. This really became a cornerstone of my work. And when William Rand from the Reiki Institute came out maybe a year or two ago with this holy fire Reiki I was not interested and then when I had the opportunity to receive the initiation I had to look at what it was and it was where Reiki connected the idea was really a direct connection to source and he names it and he talks about you know the holy the burning bush with Moses Moses mm -hmm. you know and that I am that I am this is what you're connecting to and it was like oh Okay, I can embrace this holy fire Reiki as another tool, another opportunity on the path for people to really connect in this way. And what it is in this form of Reiki is you are creating a sacred space. And even though this, many Reiki masters will say, well, that's already what I do. There was something different for me. So you create the sacred space, and rather than do the traditional placing of hands when you do the activation and the initiation into the connection with Reiki and the 
Reiki master teacher is your facilitator and they need to put hands on you and do and make the connection happen. The holy fire master teacher, in my understanding, is holds the space and does a little guided visualization bringing you into your own direct connection with source energy. I don't need to put my hands anywhere. I need to let you know God is always with you, always. And however you feel that connection in the class and in the days and weeks to come, that that is yours. And to have that opportunity to hold the space for people and be so clear. I mean, I don't wasn't the one anointed to bring that language forth, but he did it. And he says it. And so I am blessed to be able to hold that space also in that way. It's not for everyone. You need to know um, where you're going. You know, and some people have no inclination to study Reiki at all. And that's perfect. And I had no inclination to study Reiki or Holy Fire, but my spirit had another design. So does that answer the question about what Holy Fire Reiki is for me? Mm -hmm. Again, I want to say that there are many Reiki master teachers who would say, Miri, that's exactly what I do. So I'm naming it. Yeah, the language was important to you. That, that distinction was important. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now I that I am a crystalline, clear, pure vessel. Mm. Christ, crystalline, pu- pure vessel of whatever else the rest of it is that doesn't want to <laughs> come at <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think you and Debbie have a lot in common with that languaging. Mm-hmm. You have a huge amount in common with that, and it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful to hear that I almost feel like you guys need to have a new conversation (laughs) (laughs) um yeah how can people find you probably the easiest way is the website opportunitiesfortransformation.com there's a contact button there so rather than giving you my email on this I think that it will also be on the on your links so just go to opportunitiesfortransformation.com we my business partner and I are currently in the hospital in the pilot program for alternatives to opiates for pain management yay (laughs) Uh, hospital here recognizing the opportunity to bring in Reiki but we have a website specifically for Reiki and healthcare and it's called Oh my gosh, I have no brain for this. Help me out here. Reiki for Wellness? ReikiForWellness.org. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Yes, so that's another, another specifically okay. about Reiki and healthcare. And, and where can people this, find you on Facebook? Miri, and Miri is short for Miriam, M-I-R-I, Miri Clements, K-L-E-M-E-N-T-S. That's my Facebook Debbie, I feel it's only appropriate because um, of your initial relationship with Miri for you to help us close the show. Um, Before Debbie does that, I just need to say that I feel a lineage of like Mother Mary in this room. I feel a lineage of Sophia and all her forms in this room. And that lineage is one of bringing the self-love and the kindness and compassion and the gentleness and the healing back up to the surface so we can kind of break all those old 
concrete building blocks of self that for eons we've lived in as cultures and start breaking that down into a new age. And so there are pioneers in that and there are master teachers and there are people that I believe have been working for lifetimes. And it is mm. our honor to come together with other mm. people and so many women in particular who are ushering forth a new awareness and claiming this, reclaiming this again in themselves and their titles and their work. And so it's just a total honor. And I say, when you leave here, please go and know that 50 more years of this work from you with a whole new bold naming <laughs> and bold programming and bold workshopping. And we have a space for you if you ever want to come and bring that into Lake Norman because you have something unique that is completely different from what we each have. As we all do. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And now, Debbie, please. <laughs> I don't know how I can talk that. But um, you, you said something, and it, it reminded me of something that I read last night. And it, it was like the chapter header, and it talked about how um, the second coming of Christ would only come when Sophia, when the Divine Feminine, was reawakened and accepted again. And that stopped me dead in my tracks when I read it. And it's happening. It is happening. It's happening. And I remember reading that it would be nice if the masters and the beings who surround this planet could just wave a magic wand and there would be the change. But we are the change. We are the change. And it is happening in us. And I loved your language before when you said, allow that compassion and that self-kindness and self to, to arise. And I love that language because it, from within, because it is within us. We don't have to work it. Mm -hmm. It's just, and it wants to come up when it wants to come up. It is there within each one of us, because mm -hmm. it is who we are. It is. It's not outside of ourselves, and I, I think that's just um, our, our go-to. Yeah. We as a society, it's our go-to to seek outside ourselves for the answers that we need. Mary, we love you. Oh, I love you. And, <laughs> and we are just so blessed that you shared this space with us today and with all of our listeners. You've inspired us. You have loved us mm. in this space. And you have you have blessed us, all of us. Thank and yes, you. you are welcome at Lighthouse anytime <laughs> you want to so come. I am so excited <laughs> and so grateful that you have created this unique vibration and space that will open to more than you even your minds can imagine will happen there. You are the pivotal point on this planet. One of them really key. So thank you. Well, we're following the divine plan. It's all divine guidance. Yeah. And this is something that we have multiple lifetimes over and yeah. over and over again been trying to seed on the planet and been and been working towards doing and the actual sensation, literally, uh, just a couple months ago, was this, um, this, yes, we get to do this, finally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We finally get to do it. Thank you. Thank you for the reset. Thank you for being a living angel. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs>
with that, we will uh, be here next Wednesday. Uh, I can't tell you who's coming on the show because right now it's just by the seat of the pants. But uh, This has been too good, Mary. <laughs> too good. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. We all, uh, we'll be on next Wednesday. And please just uh, visit Spiritual Charlotte on Facebook and get all the updates and uh, spiritualcharlotte.com. Thanks again.